What is up, divers? Welcome in to the Deep Dive Fantasy Football Podcast, where I take a deep analytical look at fantasy football and combine it with a common sense approach to lead us to some titles. I'm your host, Brandon Gabor, and before we get started, remember you can follow me on Twitter at Deep Dive FF, Instagram at Deep Dive Fantasy Football, and as always, check out the website, deepdivefantasyfootball.com, which is always popping during the offseason. With that being said, let's get to the content. What's up, divers? Welcome in to the Deep Dive Fantasy Football Podcast. Today, we are wrapping up wide receivers. We've gone through, or you guys know I have gone through, the consensus top 20 and ordered them in my own way. Now, we're trying to go deeper. We're trying to find the sleepers. And who better to help us do that than our very own Nate Christian? How's it going, man? As always, I'm excited to be here. And this is my time of the year. I love scouting i love scouting wide receivers this year is such a deep class so i mean i've been looking forward to this podcast for a while yes i've i have to you, you know i texted you earlier like oh dude i'm ready i'm so excited so i do have to give you a platform to try and uh push back on something i said on the last podcast all right guys you guys remember what i said about marlon williams and uh nate doesn't know every every specific detail but you know i may have said something like He's the Eddie Lacy of wide receivers, slow, lacks separation, chubby, can't make people miss, needs to drop weight, and he's too short to be successful in his current play style from college transitioning to the NFL. And then uh, I also said, <laughs> so this is pretty funny because Nate's the exact opposite. I said, this is the classic, not very big, big guy that is not athletic and can't get anything done in the NFL and I have no interest for fantasy purposes. So Nate, you told me that Marlon Williams is one of the guys you like. So let's hear it. Yeah, I don't know what tape you're watching. Um, <laughs> Marlon Williams, if you're looking at Marlon Williams as like your big alpha X wide receiver, then yeah, I understand what you're saying. But if you look at him in the play style similar to A.J. Brown, LaVisca Chenault, that kind of guy, I know you kind of like Amari Rogers, right? Yeah. So in that same play style where he's a big guy that once he gets the ball, he's a running back out there, that's what Marlon Williams is. He's basically like a poor man's version of A.J. Brown. He's not going to reach the heights of A.J. Brown, but that's his play style. He's that big guy, six foot, 215 pounds, and he, get, he gets the ball a lot on screens, short passes across the middle. He is athletic. He's not the most athletic, the fastest guy out there. He's certainly not, but he's powerful, he's strong. And he can make yards after the catch. He, there's a reason he led the nation at one point in yards uh, receiving this year. So you're not worried at all about his separation? No, I'm not worried about his he's separation. Because he's not like – I feel like the only good guys that succeed well that don't create separation in the NFL are like 6'4", 6'5". He's only six feet tall. You're not worried you, about that? Do you not think that A.J. Brown is good? He he creates better separation, I think, than A.J. Brown does not create a lot of separation. He's not 6'4". Yeah, he's not six I just, foot four. I'm just saying, you just if you're looking for a guy who's six foot four, Marlon Williams isn't your guy. But if you're looking for a guy who's similar to AJ Brown, Lavisca Chenault, Amari Rogers, that kind of play style, Marlon Williams could be your guy. All right, so it seems like the clear difference between us is how athletic we think he is, right? So, what testing numbers are you expecting? Oh, I mean, I don't think he's like the fastest. Like I said, he's probably a four. Five, four, five, high four, five, low four, six. Okay. Um, he's not going to be a track star, but he's strong. He's powerful. Um, I, I like what he can bring to the table. What do you think his vert is? 
for explosiveness and like burst. Dude, I don't project vertical. <laughs> I don't know, man. I'm just curious. I'm just curious. I don't know, 34 inches, something. 34. Just make all right. something okay. off the top of my head. I mean, <laughs> right. he's not the most athletic guy. I don't have him rated super high athletically, but I think he's above average in athleticism, mm-hmm. um, especially when you take into account his size. I mean, he's a thick dude. Yeah, he he is he is thick. He he should probably not be so thick. All right, <laughs> we're starting off. We're starting off pretty spicy. We're already going at each other. Um, so let me just ask you this, and then we'll quit with the Marlon Williams. Where where is he ranked for you guys? Just so everyone knows. Where he's ranked? Yeah. So right now, let's see. My Marlon Williams is my wide receiver twelve in the oh, class, okay. and I think in rookie drafts it's probably like. A, well, in the NFL draft, I'm thinking he's probably like a fifth-round pick. So uh-huh. um, he's day three. It's going to be how it is. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think he's a great value. I think in your rookie drafts, you probably can pick him up in the fourth, fifth round in Dynasty. He's going to be a value. So he's not going to be expensive. It's a guy you just throw a dart on, and I think has a better chance than a lot of the other guys at that value. Gotcha. All right, so he's your 12. Yeah, that's a big difference for us. So I guess we'll, th- this is just a, a fun Fun debate that we can, you know, come back to at a later time. But we're going to talk sleepers now, getting into it, and just wanted to make everything clear with everybody. So just because I went over the receivers before this episode does not mean that none of these sleepers that we go over can be ranked above them. For example, Marlon Williams is my wide receiver 20 because I've done 20 receivers before this. (laughs) And (laughs) Nate's shaking his head. And, um... And so some of the sleepers that we go over, I would rank above Marlon Williams. So it's not necessarily that these guys are all, you know, what's left. This is just guys that were not in the consensus top 20 that we're now trying to find and throw darts at. And remember, these are sleepers, guys. We're not saying every one of these guys is going to be successful, right? We're just saying that these guys are more likely than the rest to be successful. You think that's a good way to put it? Yeah, I definitely think so. I mean, these are guys that you have to understand their values, you know. Um, you're picking these guys up late in your rookie draft or in your startup or uh, in your redraft leagues. You guys are picking these guys up late. And, you know, we're just going to talk about the talent that we see. And once they get their landing spots, that can really flip for these guys who are late round guys. Um, You know, if a late round guy goes to a team where there's already four established wide receivers ahead of him, it doesn't matter how much, you know, talent he has for his draft capital. I mean, he's likely not going to make an impact anytime soon. But, if you have one of these guys who is a sleeper with talent, ends up in a pretty empty depth chart, say maybe the Houston Texans, especially if Will Fuller doesn't come back, you know, a team like that, you know, one of these guys could really produce. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. For sure. I agree. So just last thing before we get into it is with my sleepers, guys, just to give you like a, an understanding of what I'm going to be meaning when I say stars, is that I wanted to kind of put my sleepers in an order of tiers. So some of my sleepers, I put like three stars, some are two stars, some are one star. So obviously more stars is better. I have one three-star sleeper that we can go ahead and start off with, and that's Ehmir Smith-Marset out of Iowa. He's 6'1", 180 pounds. And what I I like from this guy is he's got pretty good speed, and he's got the ability to win contested balls. And he is 6'1", so that is something that is translatable to the NFL. He adjusts well to the ball while it's in the air. He's got great athleticism. He's got a very good vertical. And Nate, I know you love Deontay Johnson, and that's kind of what this guy was reminding me of. What do you think about that? Um, that's not exactly what I see. Um, I haven't done a ton of research on this guy. I know his name, and I have watched some Iowa tape 
because there's also another wide receiver that is in the draft. Uh, I can't remember his first name. I think it's, it might be Brandon Smith, I think his name is. Um, he had a pretty impressive vertical yesterday at the pro day. But you know, I think this is a guy that could be a better NFL player than fantasy relevant player. Um, he does, you know, he does just about everything well uh, for where he's going to be drafted. But I don't think anything he does is special. And he's a guy I probably won't have too much of, but he's also, you know, not going to be expensive at all. This is a guy that, you know, if you, you got as a three-star sleeper, I mean, you're going to be able to get him cheap wherever yeah. you want. I mean, mm-hmm. he's going to be a day three guy in the NFL draft. And uh, this is especially one of those guys, like, you know, he's, like I said, he does everything pretty well. So if he ends up in a depth chart with an opportunity, he could very quickly get on the field. Yeah, and something else that I really liked was that in college, he was dealing at least this last year, he was dealing with pretty horrible quarterback play when he had a decent quarterback in Nate Stanley in 2019. PFF graded him as the 10th best receiver in targets traveling 20 yards or more. He's a good deep threat, and he did produce well with Nate Stanley. And he's also a good kick returner, which we know when we're talking about these deep receivers, that's something that helps them get on the field and helps them make rosters. So this is something that might, because this is a really deep sleeper that may or may not be getting drafted, but if he is a good kick returner, he's more likely than not to get drafted in that day three back end, you know, sixth, seventh round, fifth round, maybe. So that's what I got on him. I, I really like him. And if you don't have anything else on him, you can go ahead and give us one of your sleepers. Yeah. So I don't have anything more on him, but I will give you, I didn't know we were doing star tiers for our sleepers. Oh yeah. No worries. If I don't had worry to about it. make a three star tier okay. for my sleepers, um, the guy at the top of my list is Jamon Osborne. All right, this guy was a wide receiver for Texas A&M, and he opted out of the 2020 season. So we didn't get to see him this year. I think that really hurt his draft stock. He produced at a high level his freshman and sophomore year with Texas A&M, and you know, I really wish we could have seen him this year. Texas A&M was a good team. Kellen Mond played well, and the offense was strong. He would have fit in perfectly, and I think if he had played this year, he would be talked about as a top 10, top 15 wide receiver. But all we have to go off is the 2018 film, the 2019 film. And this is a guy that is a sleeper because he's most likely a day three pick, late day three pick, um, if he even gets drafted. But watching this guy's film, I know this is going to sound crazy, but watching his film, I see the same play style and a, as Devontae Adams. He's that strong route runner who is physical at the point of uh, you know, it's a catch and some guy who can really, you know, take on that outside role and have wide receiver one volume. Now, because he didn't play the 2020 season, because he has like basically no stock in the media and, you know, when no one's talking about this guy, it's going to be hard for him because he's going to have to work for it at this point. But this is my top sleeper in this entire draft class, Jamon Osborne with Texas A&M. I think this guy's a stud. And I really hope he gets the opportunity because I'm telling you, he has a lot of talent. All right. All right. Jamon Osmond, that's out of Texas A&M. The next guy I want to get to is TJ Vasher. And I'm pretty sure that, do you even count him as a sleeper? Because you said he's in your top 10, isn't he? Uh, He's not in my top 10, but... He's he's high though, right? Yeah, he's actually my wide receiver 15. 15, okay. So I don't even know if you would consider him as much of a sleeper, but... I know just in terms of consensus rank, he's pretty down there. TJ Vasher is from Texas Tech. He's 6'6", 210 pounds. And this is not a usual type of guy that I would like, but he has something that's different. 
See, when you get to a lot of these deep receivers, these deep sleepers, I feel like so many of them are these bigger guys that are not going to be separation monsters, are not super quick, are not the most refined route runners. And a lot of times these are like, for example, last year a Jawan Jennings or a Colin Johnson or these guys that like in college what they do is successful, but it's going to be hard for them to have a role carved out in the NFL. But then when I look at TJ Vasher, he is 6'6", so it's a much better situation than the guys with the similar play styles as a 6'3", 6'4". He's also somebody who has a more athletic build. He's got the spectacular catchability, which is something else. When we're talking about guys that are the bigger, slower, not great separators, they need to have some type of elite trait, something that can make them stand out over the others. And that's what I think TJ Vasher has. He's got a really great few clips of just awesome catches. I do think at 210 pounds, only 6'6", he definitely needs to add some weight. He kind of looks like Slenderman out there on the field. But you know, you want to tell us what, what you have on Vasher because I'm sure you have a lot more than I do. Yeah, so Vasher probably has one of the best highlight tapes of anyone in this draft class. Um, as you said, that spectacular catchability is just its own point. I mean, he has some crazy catches coming down the sideline, either contested or one-handed, you know, full stride. Um, I love what this guy does, you know, with 50-50 balls. He constantly wins them with his size. And I agree, he definitely needs to get a little bit thicker. He's pretty lean out there. Um, if I had to make a comparison to a player last year in the draft class, um, it'd be AGG, Antonio Gandy-Golden. I like this guy that. kind of reminds me of him. He's the same frame, you know, he needs to add some weight, just needs to be polished up coming from a smaller school. But, you know, athletic, talented, you can see the talent on film, just needs to be, you know, just need to tighten up the technique, just needs to be coached a little bit, you know, work on the route running. But this is a guy that, you know, has all that talent. And going to a landing spot where, you know, they're going to develop the wide receivers, you know, TJ Basher has a huge ceiling. I mean, he could be a total game changer if he can get on the field and, you know, make those consistent plays. That's the problem with his film. You know, he has those highlight film catches. But at the same time, he's not consistent with it. So if we can see the consistency at the next level, this guy could be a you know absolute value and you know someone you want on your fantasy team. Yeah, TJ Vasher for me is a two star. So I've got only Amir Smith Marset was the only three star, and then I've got only two two stars. So TJ Vasher is pretty much my next best, my next favorite sleeper. Go ahead. I will say so. You talked about um, your three star guy. We talked about TJ Vasher. I said that Vasher is my wide receiver fifteen. Yes, Osborne. Jamon Osborne is my wide receiver nine, just so you know how much talent I think that guy has. Oh, I'm glad you threw that in there. That's that's really high. It's it's funny. I actually, you know that we have both been trying to get as many receivers in to watch as we could for this episode. So I wasn't able to give as much time to every receiver as I have for all the past podcasts because I wanted to get as many names and as many like plays that I could see of these guys across my eyes as I could because I wanted to be able to really pull as many as I could out of a bigger sample size because last year I don't know if you remember Nate but last year I only did the consensus top 20 receivers and that was it I didn't get anything past that and I wanted to be able to go deeper this year and I know you're being able to help me with that which I really appreciate I ended up looking at 18 receivers in preparation for this podcast which I mean that's a, a huge cram Right, so Jamon Osmond was actually one of the ones I looked at, and I didn't put a star next to his name and didn't like go deeper and deeper. I I don't remember exactly what it was because there were so many guys that I looked at, but I I think I may have had some. Is he a is he a slower slower guy or or anything like that? I mean, yeah, he, I mean he's 
he's probably in a similar range, um, like middle four fives, you know, at best, maybe low four six. Um, but his route running, I mean, he creates a ton of separation and he wins the contested catches. If you like Tylen Wallace, I think you'll like Jamon Osborne. Oh, really? Okay. Interesting. I know Tylen Wallace is like really fast, but I, okay. That's interesting. I'll have to go back and look at him, but so with that said, that's Jamon Osborne so far, TJ Basher, Marset, and um, that's it, right, so far? So you want to so go ahead far. and give us your second one? Yeah, so with the guys that I had highlighted, I uh, had Osborne at the top, obviously. Then it was actually Basher. And then over wide receiver 17, I have Jonathan Adams Jr., who um, is honestly probably going to be moving up my ranks here soon. Um, this guy... He's he's probably the best contested catch guy in the draft, um, next to maybe Jamar Chase. Um, but this is another guy with highlight film. You know his highlight looks great. You know he really came out this year for uh, Arkansas State and just dominated. Six foot three, two hundred twenty pounds. Yep. He has the height. He also has the weight to be super physical at the point of attack. And while he's not the most athletic guy out there, he's definitely like, you know, he reminds me of Alshon Jeffrey kind of. I mean, he's not the guy who's going to burn you down the sideline. He's not super quick. He's not going to make a lot happen after the catch. But he's a guy who constantly wins those 50-50 balls, those contested catches. He can box out defenders. You know, he's, he's a guy that I would be happy with as my ex-alpha receiver out there on the sideline. Like a place like the Texans would be perfect for this guy, you know, across from Brandon Cooks or even Will Fuller. I mean, this guy just, he's a, he could be a chain mover and a red zone threat. So I really like Jonathan Adams. I think he brings a lot to the table with his physicality and his size. And, you know, I don't think there's a ton of guys in this draft class that can compare to that. I think we have a lot of speedsters in this draft class and not as many big bodied receivers like Jonathan Adams. Yeah. And he's actually one of the guys I had as well. And it's funny that how you said he might be the best contested catch person because this is word for word in my notes, probably one of the better guys in this draft class at adjusting, tracking, and fighting for contested balls. And I actually got some stats from PFF. So versus single coverage, Jonathan Adams Jr. was first in contested catches with 20, first in first downs plus touchdowns with 30, and first in catches of 15 or more yards with 16. So really just backs up everything that you said. So he's also somebody, like you said, not, you know, the great speedster or anything super athletic, but because of how good he is, this is kind of his version of the elite trait as Vasher had the spectacular catch ability. Jonathan Adams just has that dominant contested ball ability. So this is another guy who is bigger and not super athletic, which is not usually the type of thing I like unless there is an elite trait. He has that elite trait. So that's somebody that I like. And I wanted to go back when you were talking about, um, oh my goodness, when you were relating Antonio Gandy-Golden to TJ Vasher because of the body type. So I know we're talking rookie sleepers and everything, but just real quick, let's touch on Antonio Gandy-Golden. Do you think if Washington somehow comes out of this offseason without adding another big name in whether through free agency or like a Bateman in the first or second round or if they don't add anybody significant, do you think Antonio Gandy-Golden still has the potential that we thought he might have before the season started last year? Honestly, not really. I think, unfortunately, you know, losing his rookie year um, and the fact that I really do think that, you know, the Washington football team is going to bring some kind of wide receiver in. They're going to have to bring some talent in across from Trey McLaurin. 
And even if they don't, honestly, at this point, I think I like Cam Sims more than Antonio Gandy-Golden um, to take over that kind of X role. So as much as I liked Antonio Gandy-Golden last year, I think missing this year to develop, because he was a raw prospect and he needed he to was. develop. And if he missed this entire rookie season, he's the kind of the He's the kind of player that, you know, if he misses his rookie season, it's kind of just over, honestly. Um, so as much as I like him, I just – he's probably out. Okay, okay. I, I, I get that. I get that for sure. So the next guy that I want to talk about is my last two-star guy. It's Shy Smith from South Carolina, 5'10", 190 pounds. And uh, it's hard for me, and I'm curious what you think here. It's hard for me to tell his speed, so I do want to see his times because I think that will be important, especially because he's 5'10". And so it's not going to be, you know, the the huge guy that can just win without separation and speed. But he is a good route runner. He creates very good separation. He's got great hands, good body contortion. And his separation is actually extremely evident in his 1v1s in the Senior Bowl. He was creating a lot of separation there. And he was actually the highest graded wide receiver by PFF in the Senior Bowl. And he just has that spectacular catch fracture. Not as much as some other guys, but he does have that ability. What do you think about Shai Smith? Yeah, I agree with that stuff. Um, he does have some highlight catches. He's pretty impressive with his hands. He's definitely going to be limited to the slot at the next level um, based on his size and the fact that he's not a burner. I think he'll have a good 20-yard dash uh, with a split, but I think the 40-yard dash will probably be a little underwhelming for someone his size. I don't think he has that top speed, but he definitely is quick. And it shows with the separation that he creates in his routes. And uh, I think I think he can be a very serviceable starter at the next level. You know, he can play the slot. He could, you know, take volume, I think, across the middle. But overall, he's a guy that's very limited by his size and the fact that he has to play inside at the next level. Yeah. Um, so it? just, I mean, I guess when you're looking at a guy who plays in the slot and is going to have to exclusively play from the slot, you're hoping that, you know, at best, he's Jarvis Landry. But there's very few of those players that actually end up being Jarvis Landry. That's true. Um, most of them end up with some boomer bust weeks like Hunter Renfro. I think, you know, that's probably what Shai Smith is at the next level, Hunter Renfro. You know, you get some weeks where you get eight receptions for 100 yards, you know. Yeah. But you get a lot of weeks where, you know, it's like three receptions for 15 yards. So. Yeah, and, and I like – how, how you mentioned, you know, he's got the quickness because I think that's a lot more important, especially if he's going to be a slot receiver in the NFL because he the long speed, the top speed doesn't matter nearly as much for a slot receiver. They're usually just trying to get open close to the line of scrimmage. They're not just trying to run nine routes down the sideline. So that's an important point that you, you hit on for sure. And um, just so everyone knows, we are talking about Knox and, and Nate is you know, being realistic with these guys, but these are sleepers for us. These are guys that we like better than everyone else. But when you're going outside the top 20, there's going to be problems with everyone. So that's why we are going to hit on the knocks too, because we're not trying to just say, hey, you're going to find the the next, I don't know, Tyreek Hill. He was like a fifth round draft pick, you know, so we're keeping it realistic. And then it's your turn to go ahead and offer somebody up. So go for it. Yeah, like, I mean, I want to say that Jamon Osborne is going to be the next guy, the next Devontae Adams or something like that, but uh, i got to be realistic, you know. Uh, it really depends on draft capital. A lot of these guys do depend on draft capital because that's how much opportunity they get. That's how uh, much leeway they get, patience. So, you know, a seventh-round pick, if he doesn't, you know, absolutely show up and show up and show out rookie training camp, then, you know, there's a good chance he might not make the roster. He's got to show up and show out from day one. Yep. First-round pick, they get four years. 
even if they suck. I mean, you, you got, like, Laquan Treadwell. It was, like, a top-ten pick. Oh, and, like, my He goodness. lasted, like, three years on his team before he yeah. got cut. So, you know, draft capital is something you always have to follow and take into account. But this is just the talent on the film. Uh, I love some of these guys a lot. Next guy on my list is Tyler Vaughns from USC. So he plays across from Amon Ross St. Brown. Tyler Vaughns is probably my most average wide receiver in this draft. <laughs> He's like the most, um, in my grading scale, one of my numbers is serviceable starter. And this guy comes out perfectly at that number. You know, he's a guy that you could step in and, you know, he could do well, but he's not going to win games for you. He's not going to make the highlight catches. He's not going to dominate, but he's, you know, he's solid. He has good hands. He runs good routes. He's an okay athlete. He's a senior, so, you know, he's got that going against him. You know, he stayed in college a bit longer, so some people don't like him. Um, but he's a good route runner, and I like to bet on good route runners because route running can translate fairly quickly into the NFL. Um, if you win in college as an athlete, then once you get to the NFL where everyone's just as athletic as you, it's not as easy to win. That's true. So I, I like to bet on guys that have good technique and can create separation even without um, elite athleticism. And honestly, that you know, it's obviously not always going to happen that just because a guy runs good routes, he's going to dominate. I mean, you can see Jerry Judy. I mean, he didn't do too great rookie year. I still like Jerry Judy going into 2021. Oh, yeah. But, you know, I do like Tyler Vaughn. So I think he's a very solid player, and uh, we'll see where the draft capital lands for him as well. Yeah. Uh, I'm curious, who do you think out of everyone we've talked about is probably getting picked the highest? Getting picked the highest. Yeah, like so, right so we've got so far like Amir Smith, TJ Vasher, Shy Smith, and then mm. all the guys you were talking about, Jamon Osbin, Tyler Vaughn's. Yeah, I would say I would almost expect Jonathan Adams to get picked the highest. I think some team is oh, going to yeah, take a chance on him uh, as a small school prospect. Like I could, I could very much see the Ravens picking up him. Um, they they do need outside big body wide receiver help, and the Ravens have always been um, one of the first teams to go after small school prospects. So I could totally see Jonathan Adams going in the fourth round. Yep, and that's the Nate. Uh, Ravens homer insight right there on the, on the yep. Ravens. All right, so the next guy I wanted to talk about was Cade Johnson, and I already know that he's somebody that you like. 5'10", 180 pounds out of South Dakota State. He's got good field vision after the catch. He's fast. He's got decent juking ability, strong hands, good route runner. And in the last two years, if you're a numbers guy, ridiculous, ridiculous. 139 receptions, 2,554 yards, and 25 touchdowns in the last two years. That's Cade Johnson. Nate, what you got? Yeah, I didn't know about this guy until the Senior Bowl, and he he showed up at the Senior Bowl in practices and one-on-one drills. His release at the line of scrimmage, he was constantly beating cornerbacks 1v1. And to be honest, when you're watching Senior Bowl 1v1 practice, the wide receiver should win every Every rep. time, yes. It's impossible. Did I feel so bad so, for corners? If you see a wide receiver win the rep, it doesn't – not like – a positive i mean that's just what should happen that's like a neutral um it's more to show the first two steps off the line of scrimmage how does he release how does he go against press coverage you know how watch his feet that's what those 1v1 uh situations are for or if, if you see a cornerback you know take out a wide receiver in a 1v1 drill you know that cornerback is doing something right yeah. so you know that those are the reasons we watch those 1v1s not just you know you can't just look at it and say oh that guy beat his wide receiver uh cornerback and you know 
ended up with like 10 yards of separation because he was running the other way. I mean, that's good, but you know, you got to look at the small things there because that's what it's for. But Kate Johnson did those things with those one V one drills. He showed up in the practices. um, And yeah, his stats are incredible. He comes from some low competition though. So you got to take that into account, but you know, when you're scouting small school prospects, you want to see them dominate. And Kate Johnson obviously did. Um, I think he's another guy that probably projects to playing in the slot. Um, Cause I don't think he's the most, most athletic, but I, I do love his release. I love his route running. I think he's got good hands. So I think he's another guy that, you know, can win on technique and we'll see how he translates coming from a small school into the NFL. Yeah. And I'm, I'm glad you brought up the whole one V one situation between how the corners and wide receivers have much more difficult jobs in terms of like the corners because man you have no idea where the receiver's going and you've never you haven't been able to sit down and learn this receiver you have no idea what their cues are or anything and you're just told to line up no safety help no anything you're not supposed to let them catch the ball at all it's not like you know they need to get 20 yards for a first down or something like you have nothing like that's an impossible job so anytime a corner does lock down someone that's a huge boost for them and speaking of corners just curious do you think eric stokes is actually that fast he clocked in at the 425 do you think he's actually that fast or do you think this is just going to be a ridiculous offseason with all these unreliable times i do not trust any times this offseason yes i do not trust anything <laughs> same same i'm like i'm just gonna add like a full tenth of a second to everyone's 40 time apparently yeah this is getting ridiculous yeah it is for real Tylen Wallace did not run a four three nine or whatever he said he ran. No, <laughs> I didn't even see his his uh, numbers yet. All right, so that was Kate Johnson. So who who else you got for us? All right, so another guy that I'm a. I just want to point out because this is a guy you didn't talk about in your last podcasts. Um, Tamorian Terry, mm-hmm. uh, out of Florida State. I want to warn all of the listeners. Don't don't follow the hype of this guy. This guy. He's he's huge. Okay, so I'm glad you said that. I, I looked at him and I, I was like, no thanks. No, no, no thanks at all. This guy is is not someone that I see projecting well into the NFL. He's someone that I know a lot of people are excited about because he's six foot four, two hundred ten, and is super fast. So like athletically, he fits. You know, he checks all the boxes. He's someone that you want on your team. But it's going to take a freaking miracle to make this guy actually an NFL wide receiver. Um, he doesn't have good hands. He can't run routes. He can't get off the line of scrimmage against press coverage. He's not physical. He can't out. You know, he can't intimidate cornerbacks on the outside. He can't win those contested catches. You know, what does this guy do other than run fast and be big? I mean, he's a sprinter basically. I mean, that's that's about it. He's not an NFL wide receiver. He's just an athletic guy. Um, you know, he might have a couple big touchdowns if they can get him the ball on his screens and he gets lucky, but. <laughs> don't follow the hype on this guy he's not a wide receiver that you want to you know put your money on he's he's like that guy that shows up so i'm gonna use basketball because that's what i played in high school he's like the guy that shows up to basketball tryouts that the coach puts on the team because he's super tall and fast and athletic but every time he gets the ball in a game it's a disaster because he has no idea how to do anything properly with no technique <laughs> it's like this is, exactly. this is, when i was talking about earlier how once you go to the NFL, you can't just win on just athleticism anymore. This is a prime example of that. Yeah. All right. So do you want to give us somebody that you do like now? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can give you someone I do like. Um, I like uh, – did you talk about Darden already? Yes. Oh, my gosh. I love uh, Darden. I even I even pulled something from like a, 
an interview of his when he was like quick feet don't or slow feet don't eat or whatever. I was like, dude, I love this guy. He's so fun to watch. I, I like to see that he's on he's starting to get the hype on Twitter now and I I like it because yeah. I think he's one of the better dart throws in this class. Um you know, he has the production at the small school, he has the athleticism, he has you know, everything. He's a guy I definitely want to take a dart throw on and I'll I'm sure you said the same thing, so I'm just gonna uh validate you here. You know, he's one of my guys too, definitely at this with this draft class, when I'm looking for like the sleepers, Jalen Darden's definitely one of the guys I want to get my hands on. Yeah, I think he's my wide receiver 14 or 15. I think he's 15. All right, yeah. Um, but someone you haven't talked about yet, um, I'll talk about Des Fitzpatrick, who actually is the wide receiver across from Tutu Atwell. Okay. Um, he had a great senior bowl as well. He looked decent. What, yeah, so also, just real quick, guys, Nate also does not like Tutu Atwell, so he's also backing me up on that one, right? No, no, I'm not a, I'm not a huge fan of Tutu. Um, I like what he brings to the table, but he's a better college football player than NFL player. Yes. Um, he's just too small. Too small for me. I, I, just, I just can't get on board. Mm-hmm. But uh, his teammate, Des Fitzpatrick, um, he looks pretty good. He is, you know, taller i believe he's six foot one you know he looks like uh, a good a good guy out there on the sideline that you can throw the ball to i think it was most telling that during the senior bowl he actually was one of the most targeted wide receivers in the game so when you get to have three days of practice and all the quarterbacks are targeting you the most of any wide receiver i mean that that means something to me um those quarterbacks who never played with des des before you know they wanted to get in the ball because they trusted him um so to have that chemistry right away that was impressive for me um, he's another guy that kind of just does everything well, nothing special. He's probably a late day three pick. I think he should be drafted. He had a good, uh, strong senior bowl, so I think he'll get drafted. But just another guy that, you know, is a solid dart throw, I think. Yeah. I mean, I'd probably rather put my money on Des than Tutu, mm-hmm. honestly, um, even though Tutu will probably have better draft capital. Yeah, I haven't actually been able to see Des, and I'm sure that's going to be the case for a good amount of guys that you bring up because you're just grinding out here as like a scout. So you you're, you got a lot more info on these on this rookie class than I do. But, um, or not but, I just wanted to say that basically <laughs> I don't have anything to say on him. But I, I trust your analysis. You know, I, I know that you put in the work. So that's Des Fitzpatrick. And then somebody I have on here is Josh Palmer from Tennessee, 6'2", 209 pounds he's a one-star sleeper for me he's a big guy with strong hands good in contested catch situations um i think he has some better route running upside than most of the big contested guys and he's not as slow so i'm interested what your thoughts on are on josh palmer because i think he's got some some decent traits there yeah josh palmer was my senior bowl crush i had never even heard of the guy he showed up at senior bowl and just blew my mind i mean i i from a guy that I had never even heard of before. And he went out there and he looked so good in every facet of the game. Um, I was very impressed by his route running, his soft hands, his ability to win contested catches, despite not being the biggest guy out there. Um, he, he really does so much so well. And I think he was a huge riser from the senior bowl. I think he's still not talked about enough. This is definitely one guy I am putting at the top of my board for dart throws. I don't know what his draft capital is going to look like. I hope the strong senior bowl helps him out a little bit. Um, coming from Tennessee, he doesn't have um, 
the you know the media spotlight. He doesn't have the huge numbers that you know some of the other guys have. But I love Josh Palmer. I really do. I think he is a very very solid player, um, wide receiver. And you know, given the chance, I think this is a guy that can definitely produce to the next level. Um, I I really hope he gets that opportunity because I I do think he's really good. Yeah. Um. So you want to take. Because I, I know we, we kind of went over, this is the first time that me and Nate have not had everything be completely organic, where we just don't talk about anything. This is the one time beforehand, because we had no idea how many sleepers the other person had, and we wanted to make sure we didn't come in here with 30 sleepers and make a three-hour podcast episode. So I did give him my list of sleepers, and mine was shorter than his, and a lot of mine guys were on his. So Nate, you want to give us two in a row that you know I don't have? Yeah, I can do that. So... I don't think I heard you mention the name Javon McKinley out of Notre Dame. Correct. Um, this is a, a big guy. Um, did you, I believe you talked about Nico Collins, correct? Yeah. I, I would project this guy similar to Nico Collins. You know, he's that big bodied receiver. He's tall. He's large. Um, he has those contested catches. He's not, you know, dominant at contested catches, but. He showed up, you know, he showed up with some big red zone touchdowns and some highlight plays. Notre Dame, you know, didn't have the greatest passing offense with Ian Book, so he doesn't have huge numbers. But I liked his film. I liked his film for what a big guy, you know, you can gamble on. Um, just like I said before, there's not too many of those guys in this draft that I really like. Um, McKinley's, McKinley's a good dart throw if you're looking for a big body receiver who can, you know, move the chains with those contested catches, those back shoulder fades. Um, so Javon McKinley is definitely one to watch. I want to see what his numbers look like. If he runs really slow, then I might be totally out on him. But if he has some decent numbers, you know, for his size, I think I might might be taking some chances on him. Uh, another guy that had a good senior bowl was Cornell Powell out of Clemson. So I'm Amari Rogers' teammate. Um, this is another guy that, despite not being the as big as Javon McKinley or Jonathan Adams or Vasher, uh, this guy does do well with contested catches he's pretty good in the air at uh, playing above the rim as like you know some above scout the jargon i um, like it i like it <laughs> yeah so cornell powell i think is underrated um he wasn't one of the better receivers at clemson but i think he translates well to the nfl um i think he's one of the few examples of a player who probably could be a better nfl player than a college player um so cornell powell is definitely one to watch he did catch balls at Trevor Lawrence's pro day, but I don't think Clemson's actually had the pro day yet, so I don't have numbers for Cornell yet. Um, I'm very interested to see what he runs as well. Since he's not as big as some of the other guys, I'm expecting him to run a little bit better. Um, you know, at this point, you know, with these sleepers, we're we're just looking at you know one great trait and hoping the other traits you know are at least decent. So with Cornell Powell, I think he's a good contested catch, but I want to see the speed. I want to see athleticism there. So waiting to see what that looks like yeah that's exactly how it is we're looking for that one elite trait what's up divers do you guys enjoy a good workout like me well guess what i've got the perfect nutrition for you and that is built bar go check out builtbar.com guys i have tried every single flavor to this point i've got some rankings for you here are my top five favorite flavors that are in the 18 pack their standard rotation not any holiday or special event items my favorite is banana bread followed very closely by coconut 
I really like the peanut butter. That is my third favorite. Toffee almond. Ooh, that's a nice one. And cookies and cream. Those are the top five flavors if you guys want to try them out. If you haven't, why not? Why have you not tried these out yet? These are amazing. I have them after every single workout paired with, actually, their vitamin packs that give you 100% of your daily vitamins. Guys, I'm not even eating vegetables and fruits anymore. I don't need to. I'm getting all of my vitamins and then some in a pack that comes out to less than a dollar a day. Are you kidding me? You're spending more than that on fruits and vegetables. Plus, it takes time to eat that. I'm somebody who thinks time is money. So I just like to mix that stuff into my water. Check out Built Bar. Use my code Deep Dive to save 10% off and get the nutrition side of working out added in to the hard work you put in the gym and get max results. Next up, we've got Sage Surratt, 6'3", 215 pounds out of Wake Forest. So it's interesting because I feel like I had to put this guy in my list, and you guys will know why in a second. My comparison for him is Chase Claypool, and you might be saying, whoa, 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 whoa. You think Sage Surratt is going to ball out, huh, Brandon? No, I do not. Why does that make sense? Because if you guys have been with me for more than a year, you guys know I was not a big Chase Claypool guy. So yes, I was wrong on Claypool. Maybe I'll be wrong on Surratt, but I don't think so. Chase Claypool to me was somebody that blew my mind when he ran in the combine because I did not think he didn't look fast at all on the field. It didn't seem like he ever had any separation. Actually, he still didn't compared to most of the other receivers in the NFL in his rookie class. But Without trying to spend too much time talking about Claypool, Sage Surratt, he's another guy. No separation. He's really slow on the field in college, and he's a good contested guy, but that's not going to necessarily just go well in the NFL if he's not good at anything else. And if you look at Senior Bowl 1v1s, I feel like one-on-ones in the Senior Bowl for wide receivers, it's much better at pointing out weaknesses or things that are bad, pointing out the negatives on receivers because like we talked about earlier the receiver should win every rep because they have so many advantages and Sage Surratt had the corner in his pocket the entire time and he lost a lot of balls and uh, it's actually funny because I said just like Claypool in the NFL because he had the worst contested catch percentage of the rookie class but um, anyways that's Sage Surratt I felt like I had to put him in here just because He's a guy I know a lot of people like, you guys want to hear about, but I'm not somebody that likes him. Nate, how do you feel about this guy? I do not like Sage Surratt at all. Let's go. He's one of my lowest graded receivers. I I, I understand like some people are like, oh, he's big and can do contested catches. Yeah, he wins 50-50 balls. And he has, you know, he has pretty strong hands. But that's literally all I think he can do. I don't think he's even athletic. I don't think he has, you know, any ability to make yards after the catch. I don't think he can really burn people down the sideline. He's not quick. I mean, he moving him moving laterally is like watching like Shaquille O'Neal move laterally. <laughs> I mean, also the number one thing that popped up the film for me for Sage is the guy runs so freaking weird. He like runs with his arms like so he's like that guy who's like too muscular and like has no flexibility. Oh yeah, That's right after he, he does back and his lats are popping his arms out. Or yep. biceps, it's, yeah, I know what you're talking about. It annoys me so much, and I'm like, yeah, that guy's not going to be good in the NFL. <laughs> That's um, so but, like, I don't think he has good route running. I know he looked decent in the 1v1s at the Senior Bowl, but I don't think he can keep it up against actual defenses. Uh, this is a guy I am I am way out on. Um, like, I don't see anywhere near the athleticism. I understand Chase Claypool didn't run a you know, 4-4 on, game, on film. 
Um, but I don't think Sage Sherrod, I mean, his 40 times probably be in the four sixes. And for a guy that, you know, doesn't do much, I'm not, I'm not impressed with Sage at all. I'm totally out. Um, That's yeah. awesome. That's awesome. Yep. So now you got to hit us with another two bagger because some of the guys I had on here, like Jonathan Adams was one. We already talked about him. So I only got one left in my list of sleepers. So you can go hit, hit two or three if you want. All right, I'll, hit, I'll, I'll give you two. Uh, I think I have two more left. And then uh, the guy that you're talking about. So just I'm just going to talk about these guys, not necessarily guys I'm like in love with, but you might see some hype around Warren Jackson out of Colorado mm-hmm. State. Um, he's a guy that some people really like because he's another one of those big guys. And like I said before, we don't have a ton of those big guys. Warren Jackson is six foot six, two hundred and twenty pounds. Um, so you know, with a frame like that, it gets people excited. You know, that's the kind of frame that you know if you if you have that and you can be athletic and you can win contested catches that you can dominate the next level just because you're freaking six foot six and have a huge wingspan. Um, but unfortunately, Warren Jackson is not very athletic. Um, he is not a good route runner. Once again, similar to Sage Surratt, you know, he has good hands and he can win contested catches, but that's really it. Um, he's also very slim, so if he gains some weight, maybe moves up to like 230, 235 at six foot six, I might like him more. He's not very physical for his size. He plays actually smaller than he's listed. Um, he definitely looks six six, but he doesn't play like it. I didn't you know, he think plays, he was six six either. Smaller. He was somebody I looked at. Yeah, so, you know, this is a guy that I understand the hype for. I understand the hype for this guy a bit more than Sage Sherrod, actually. Um, but until he can be more of a physical presence on the field, uh, he's not he's not really doing anything for me. And then another guy I'm going to throw at you, um, another, another guy that was at the Senior Bowl and did pretty well is Marquez Stevenson. He's probably limited to... Uh, a burner, you know, at the next level, kind of just a deep threat. I don't think he brings too much more to the table at the NFL level um, other than a deep threat. So this is a guy that's probably a better player for the NFL team where he can, you know, take the safety with him. Uh, rather, you know, he's not, probably not going to be a consistent performer. 100% agree. I looked at him in too. In fantasy, yeah. Um, it, it, not even week to week. He's, you know, he'll probably have a couple games where he has like a 60, 80-yard touchdown, you know, like three or four times a year. Um, I think he could, he could fill a role very well in NFL team, but not really a guy I'm going to be looking for for fantasy. Um, yeah. He has a lot of speed, and he does look good getting off the line of scrimmage. Um, at the Senior Bowl, he showed off some underneath routes, which if he can continue that development, maybe he can you know become something more than just a down-the-field down threat. But uh, based upon the talent just in the rest of this class, I think he kind of gets stuck into just being a burner down the field. So, I mean... At best, maybe he's the next Nicole Hardman. Yeah, I was when I was looking at Marquez Stevenson. I feel like the role that he should be hoping for, not that well, not he should be hoping for, but that we could best hope for is maybe the Scotty Miller type role, like you said, burner down the field, and then if he develops that underneath routes, because we give Scotty Miller, we being the Buccaneers, some underneath passes here and there. So I thought that was pretty similar. Speaking of the Bucks receivers, just going back to another rookie from last year. I know that both of us liked Tyler Johnson, so I just think it's worth mentioning to everyone listening that Tyler Johnson is a absolute elite bylo right now because you're looking at the fact that Chris Godwin's about to get franchise tags 100%, and Antonio Brown might come back. So people are going to look at at, um, at Tyler Johnson as the wide receiver four, 
and fifth or sixth target in the offense, maybe seventh target in the offense, because you can't forget about the tight ends with Gronk, O.J. Howard, who's coming back, Cameron Bray, possibly. And who knows what happens if we bring in a running back like a James White or something that might out-target a Tyler Johnson. So people are going to look at him and think he's buried, which is true, but it's going to be a one-year burial because Antonio Brown will probably not be a buck after next year if he resigns with us. And after a franchise tag, I don't know if the Bucks are going to have the money to sign a Chris Godwin. He might leave. So we're looking at a team that all of a sudden could be completely different, especially with Gronk possibly being done as well after next year. He's coming back on a one-year deal. So you're looking at Tyler Johnson being the wide receiver too next to Mike Evans. And he's somebody that both me and Nate think is a very good receiver who can produce, especially in the slot for Tom Brady, who loves slot receivers. And Brady just said he actually reworked his deal with Tampa already. And he said that he's trying to play till 45. So he could still be there after next year. And Tyler Johnson could be his Julian Edelman. So he's going to be a great buy. Just keep that in mind. And my last sleeper is Anthony Schwartz out of Auburn. 6'1", 180 pounds, world-class sprinter. I'm getting some Andy Isabella vibes. I know it's not somebody who's been successful yet, yet in the NFL, excuse me, but I do think that he, he's got potential in that way that Andy Isabella did. I will say with Anthony Schwartz, um, there were rumors at the beginning of the year that he might have he might have stepped away from the Auburn football team to pursue the Olympics um, because, as you said, he is a world-class sprinter. Um, He's kind of ridiculous how fast he is. Uh, a guy I definitely am really upset that we don't have an NFL Combine because he might have gone ahead and uh, broke the record for the 40-yard dash. Um, the guy is really impressive. So just worth noting, you know, if he doesn't get high draft capital, if he doesn't get on the field first year, this might be a guy that, you know, go ahead and uh, leaves the NFL and goes after the Olympic sprinting. I mean, he's probably going to have, honestly – a better chance there uh there's more money to be made just at nfl minimum so yeah i understand going to be an nfl prospect but if it doesn't work out for him uh, he, he might just go ahead and jump ship because he can he can produce uh on the track yes, um sir. i actually have one more guy for you yeah go for it it's just a guy i gotta bring up um i'll be honest i haven't scouted this guy fully but one of the guys that dies to rewind maddie big chest he loves this guy he's one of his top sleepers it's dax milne he is wide receiver at a BYU. So this is the guy that was catching a lot of passes from Zach Wilson this year. Okay. Um, some real big highlight plays. He had over a thousand yards this year. Um, he he's produced, and he's the guy that's going to be drafted day three. He's going to be drafted. Um, I don't think there's any way that he doesn't get drafted. He he proves enough that he can you know, especially with Zach Wilson being his quarterback, you know, he's going to get that little bump. Um, you know, lots of tape is going to be seen with him making plays. So that's a guy you need to just keep in mind. He's a guy that is, like I said, going to be drafted. He's going to have opportunity, and he's a solid player. He has good athleticism. He runs good routes. He has the big playability. Um, I don't think he's elite with any of his traits, but he's a guy that's going to get the opportunity. So just, you know, he's not a guy that's getting the hype, but he's going to be drafted probably fifth round, maybe sixth. So you know, we got to listen to the NFL teams. Uh, even though Twitter might not be hyping them up yet, like just keep this guy in mind because he'll probably get more hype before the season starts. Yeah, Dax Milne. So that's definitely what I'm going to be doing when we finish is watching some of him. And that's interesting. I, I'm surprised that we haven't heard more if he's been the number one target for Zach Wilson. So 
That's that's really interesting. And I wanted to wrap up now that I have you because we just finished receivers, right? You're you're done with your sleepers, correct? And I'm done yep. with my sleepers. So we finished receivers. I went over twenty before this episode. We just bounced around like twelve, fifteen more. And I wanted to kind of go over my tiers and my top 20. I'll just do like my top 15 because I think some sleepers are going to pop over some of the guys that are in my top 20 at the back right now. But I want your opinion and you can either give like your rankings. I don't know if you have that with you right now. You do. So we can we can kind of compare and I'm going to give mine in tiers. So my tier one in this order is Jamar Chase, Devonta Smith. I know you have Devonta Smith as your wide receiver one, right? I do. Is Jamar Chase your number two, though? Yes. Okay, so pretty much similar there. And I have him in the same tier, so I don't really care who you have at number one. My next tier is Rashad Bateman, Kadarius Toney, Jalen Waddle, and Rondale Moore. What do you think about that group? What's your next uh, tier looking like? I like that group. I don't have Tony in that tier. I have him a, a little bit farther down. Yeah, I, I'm higher I, on I, him I, than I most. get it. Like, I, I do get it. Um, he is talented. I like him. But... You know, right now for me, Kadarius Tony is my wide receiver thirteen. Thirteen, um, okay. And I, that's not a knock on him. I mean, he still has a good, a good grade in my uh, grading scale. It's just I think there's guys that are better than him and more pro ready. Um, oh, I, I agree. A little worried. I agree with the pro ready for sure. His, yeah. his for me is like just the upside that he has with how he just can get open like this and the yep. talent he has with his feet. That's that. That's what makes me fall in love with him. Like a lot of people might be saying, you know, I have Kadarius Tony at my wide receiver four, so he's somebody I'm going to be pushing people all off season, no matter where he lands to to take shots on. Guys, don't be upset if he's not great in the first year. It's kind of what I'm expecting. Okay, he's somebody that's going to get better. Kadarius Tony is a guy that, for me, you know, like I said, he has a pretty good grade for his film grade. Um, if he gets a good landing spot, he's definitely going to jump up for me. Um, he's the guy that I think is going to be landing spot dependent. So if he gets a good landing spot, he will be jumping at my rankings. If not, you know, it's a guy I'm probably going to stick away from because I don't like, like you said, if he doesn't get a great landing spot, he's probably not going to produce a lot year one, which means I can just pick him up later for a lot cheaper. Yeah. Except for me, so, not in our league. Except, except for from you. Um, <laughs> but I, I do get, I get the upside. I see it. I mean, I understand. I mean, I could see him having a Brandon IU kind of breakout. Yeah. And so what What about Jalen Waddle and Rondell Moore? Uh, those guys, I mean, Jalen Waddle is my wide receiver three. Rondell Moore is my wide receiver five. Um, Rashad Bateman is my wide receiver four. So, I mean, that, that tier right there, I mean, those guys are in that second tier for me. You know, they're almost elite. All right. So pretty similar so far. Kadarius Tony is really the only discrepancy. So my next tier is Terrace Marshall. This is tier three. Terrace Marshall, Diami Brown, Amari Rogers, Tylen Wallace, Daz Newsom, Elijah Moore, and Amon Ross St. Brown. What do you think about that tier? Yeah, all those guys are kind of in that same tier for me. Awesome. Um, so in that like in that same tier for me, I have Demonte Coxey, um, who's a guy out of Memphis. You talked about him, right? Um, I believe so. Because I think I, if if you didn't talk about them, then I'll have to talk about him. Because right now, Demonte Coxey is my wide receiver six. Yeah, these notes. Oh, okay. Well, if he's that high, regardless whether I talked about him or not, go for it. Yeah. Um, I you know we talked about Vasher, we talked about Adams, we talked about some other guys who have that size. But you know most of the guys in this class who have size are sleepers. I don't think 
that DeMonte Coxie is a sleeper. I think this guy is one of the most talented, one of the more talented guys in this draft class. He's six foot three, 200 pounds. He is a guy like I, I see similar to kind of like Denzel Mims and the fact that he can be um, that a wide receiver one for an NFL team. He can play along the sidelines and dominate. DeMonte Coxie really checks all the boxes for me. Um, he can improve his route running a little bit, but he has great hands. He wins those 50 50 balls. And he also. You know, something that separates him from a lot of the other big guys is that DeMonte Coxie has the yard after catch ability. And that's not something you always see with those big contested catch guys. And when you see a guy who can be that big and also create yards after the catch, that really catches my eye. That's like, you know, we start talking about Devontae Adams, DeAndre Hopkins, those, you know, true alpha wide receivers because they can make those contested catches but also win, win your yards on screens. So DeMonte Coxie really fits all the – all those stereotypes for me for that alpha receiver. So I'm definitely um, swinging on him because I think him and like Terrence Marshall are very similar players in my eyes. Yeah, you're going to have him everywhere too. If he's that high for you, he's going to be like, he's your version of Kadarius Tony for me in terms of like how much more you like him than most. Yep. And so there wasn't any names that you thought should not have been in that tier for me. There was nobody <laughs> that like stuck out like, oh, Brandon, what are you doing? I mean, there's, so. Oh boy. I, I just, yeah. <laughs> No, let's hear it. Let's hear it. Okay. That's what we're here uh, for. I'm not a huge fan of Amari Rogers. Um, okay. I do have him actually highlighted on my big board. I do have to go back and rewatch his film. I thought he looked pretty decent at the Senior Bowl, so I need to go and give him a kind of updated grade. I wasn't impressed with his film um, from like the 2019 season or even the 2020 season, though. I mean, the man like tore his ACL and came back in six months, so that's yeah. pretty impressive. Yes. Um, and that I mean, I think that kind of you know learning that. And seeing how he's played recently, you know, that definitely affects how I'm going to grade him. And I'm going to take his more recent film uh, more to heart than his older film. Because, you know, you come back six months, but you're not ready to come back full at six months. I mean, I tore my ACL. I understand. Um, Like, you're not ready. I mean, you might be ready to play, but you're not really ready. So, you know, the fact that he did get better as the season went along, I mean, it's kind of the similar thing to – not super similar, but kind of similar to Trey Sermon. I really like Trey Sermon because at the end of the year, he was just dominant with Ohio State. You know, uh, with 2019 film at Oklahoma, he was very meh for me, but he really ended the 2020 season so good that if we get that kind of Trey Sermon, then we're looking good. If we get the end of the season, Amari Rogers, you know, he's definitely going to be higher up in my rankings. Um, I see the hype there. He's a little bit smaller. I think he's 5'9", but he has that same body type that I like about Marlon Williams, man. So that's why I'm, you know, if you like Amari Rodgers, you should like I've, Amari I see, Williams. Okay, very okay, players. okay. I, I feel like Amari Rodgers is much more athletic. And I guess you disagree. I mean, we do dis- disagree on how athletic Marlon Williams is. So I, I guess we'll <laughs> see. But Amari Rodgers, to me, he's like a Debo Samuel type. And I mean, mm-hmm. Debo Samuel, before Ayuk was introduced and before he was dealing with injury, was really good for fantasy purposes and for the 49ers. And that's the type of role I can see Amari Rodgers taking on and, and being good at. And then, so after that group... Oh, I actually have another guy that I don't like that's in your group. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. I'm just, just going to come at you, man. <laughs> yeah, let's see. I'm, I'm, I'm not a big fan of Elijah Moore. Oh, that's fine. He's he's the last person in the tier. Yeah, I'm, I'm not a big... I, I have him ranked... I think um, he's like a high-floor, low-ceiling guy. So, yeah, I could see that. Yeah, that... Uh, he's currently my wide receiver 16. So, he's you know, he's probably like in the fourth or fifth tier for me. Um, you said 16? Yeah, wide receiver yeah, 16. He's like 13 for me. Yeah. So, um, yeah, we're pretty similar. But there's, there's, there's a big drop-off for me after my wide receiver um, 14. 
Okay. Um, which, which is actually Daz Newsome. I love um, Daz. After Daz, there's a big drop off. I um, love that, Daz. So, I I'm so much like ugh, these people that have Deami Brown. Like, oh, he's gonna be sick, and then like don't ever even look at Daz. I'm like, you guys are missing out here. You want a guy that has a chance to be the next Jarvis Landry? Daz Newsome. That guy is a dog. I mean, yes. his hustle and <laughs> yes. his just competitiveness. I mean, I don't. I, can't, I don't know how you can bet against him. He is so out there, ready to win no matter what. I love it. I love his yeah. film. I said uh, when I went over Daz Newsom in that podcast, I said, I'm so mad that I cannot get him into my top 10. But that just shows you how deep this class is. Yeah. I know that uh, Porkman over at the Dinosaur Rewind, he has Daz, I think it's his wide receiver seven, maybe. Nice. Wide receiver eight. He's a big fan of Daz. So. That's awesome. So the the only other group that I have conviction on is my next tier. That's Jalen Darden, who you know I love. And then I, I almost wanted to put Jalen Darden either in his own tier or move him up into the one with Daz Newsome and uh, everyone else that I just said. But after Jalen Darden, it's Nico Collins, Dwayne Eskridge, and Seth Williams. That's basically my last tier because after that are guys that I'm going to move behind some of these sleepers we talked about. Yeah, um, for me... I mean, that's kind of good. I mean, that, at, at that tier, I'm kind of, you know, looking at dart throws. I think Darden kind of is in that middle tier between um, Daz and the rest, and then the rest of those guys you talked about. I think Daz, um, Jalen Darden's kind of in that middle because, like, he has, you know, I think he could be a, a big game changer. Mm-hmm. Um, but after him, I mean, it kind of gets to where I don't like these guys. I'm not reaching for these guys. I mean, if they're Agreed. there super late or they're free, maybe I'll pick them up just on a dart throw. But after that point, yeah, I'm kind of just like, okay, moving yep. on. All right. So is there is there any guys? So like mine that I'm going to have everywhere that I have significantly higher than other people is Kadarius Tony. I'm going to have a lot of him. I'm going to have a lot of Daz Newsom. I'm going to have a lot of Tylen Wallace. I'm going to have a lot of, well, maybe not a lot. I'm I'm like maybe a tiny bit higher on Amari Rogers, and I'm gonna have a lot of Jalen Darden. Who are the guys that you're gonna have a lot of that you know aren't just like the main stay guys? Because that kind of depends on where you're picking it. Guys, you have shots yeah. at. Yeah. So my top three, my guys for this year at wide receiver um, is Demonte Coxie. Like I said, he's my wide receiver six. I'm for gonna sure. have him everywhere. Um, and then is Jamon Osmond. He's my wide receiver nine. I mean, I don't think he's even ranked on most people's rankings. So I mean, he's. He's not going to be my ninth wide receiver off the board when I'm in my rookie drafts, but I'm going to be picking him up everywhere. Uh, he's going to be really cheap. And then Marlon Williams. Marlon Williams is my third, my guy. Uh, as much as you don't like him, he's my wide receiver 12 right now. So I'm going to have him in a lot of places too. I, I have to say, last year I loved LaVisca Chenault. I think Marlon Williams is a similar player. Not what? quite as No way. Not quite as – he's not nearly as highly ranked as LaVisca Chenault for me, but he's this, is that similar play style. Um, a little bit smaller and less athletic than LaVisca Chanel. Um, I, I mean, I love LaVisca. But, I um, love I think Marlon Williams has that potential, you know, to be interesting. not not that high of a player. I'm not saying Marlon Williams. I don't, oh, he's my wide receiver 12. I'm yes, not saying yes, this yes. guy's yeah, – you know, last year, LaVisca was my wide receiver 3. Yeah, um, nice. So, That's higher than I had him. I think I had him at yeah, like 5. So Marlon Williams isn't going to be the guy that goes out there and just dominates. I'm not saying he's an all-pro. But considering he's your wide receiver 20 out of 20, and he's probably less than that once you add the sleepers in, <laughs> yeah. you know, I think he has good value for where he's going to be drafted. Yeah, no, for sure. If he ends up being good, that's going to be a great, great call for you because 
you're definitely going to be taking him in most places. So that's yep. going to wrap it up for us, guys. Nate, you know, as usual, plug whatever you want to plug. Yeah, so if you're not following me at Nate NFL. What um, are you doing? What are you doing if yeah. you're not following Brandon, him? Brandon's going to be really upset with you. I'm going to uh, be so mad. If anything, follow me for the off season, and then you can just unfollow me for the next season. I don't care. Don't just tell them that. Stick, stick around for the scouting, man. That's <laughs> what, I love making these threads. I love um, talking about it on different podcasts. I'm always we're going with the Dynasty Rewind podcast. We are killing it right now. We have already gone through like twenty something wide receivers. We started on our running backs now. Uh, we're just slaying all the scouting right now. We're going through three at a time, breaking them down, all of our opinions. So if you really want to learn more about these guys, you know, come over to the Dynasty Rewind. We got plenty of prospects to talk about. And uh, I'm also doing stuff for Dynasty Owner, which is a great platform you gotta check out if you really want to challenge. Um, you have to make your team with you know salary cap and all these different rules. It's uh it's it's a little complicated at first, but once you get into it, it's really cool. It's a great challenge. So Dynasty Owner is great. I do an article and a video for them every Monday. So between Dynasty Owner and the Dynasty Rewind podcast, I'm busy and I am excited just to be hopping on with Brandon. I know this isn't the last time for the off season, so. Um, I'll be around. Yeah, I don't let you guys know my my schedule too far in advance, but uh, Nate is going to be on a couple more times in this month. So just look forward to it. Nate, thank you for coming on. As always, guys, make sure you check him out. Check out Dynasty Rewind, Dynasty Owner, everything he just talked about. Drop a rating review if you can. That helps me immensely. Thank you guys for tuning in. Remember who the sleepers are because those are the biggest difference makers in drafts because everyone can hit high in the draft not everyone can hit late that's what we're trying to do for you dive deep with the deep dive fantasy football podcast have a good one guys peace